The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, December 17, 2023, as an introduction to our Festival of Scripture and Song. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Out of all the words that you might use, you know, when you're walking out of church, this morning when you're talking with a child or a grandchild or a spouse or a friend who had some role in today's service as you're driving in the car on the way home out of all the words that you might use to describe this morning's service I'm guessing one that might not immediately come to your mind is the word disruptive nice sure cute guaranteed Lovely, beautiful, heartwarming, God willing, but disruptive? And I'm not talking about the kind of disruptive that might happen if one of the children is having a little bit of a hard time sitting still and they end up causing a little bit of commotion, or one of the adults for that matter, you never know. (laughs) I'm not talking about disruptive by accident, I'm talking about disruptive by design, disruptive on purpose. Out of all the words that might come to your mind, to describe today's service, that might not be one. In fact, when you think about it, all that today's service does as we kick off our Christmas celebration is take two separate things that are very common at Christmas and bring them together. It takes the message of Jesus' birth and music and joins the two. And music and Christmas just go together, right? It's sort of like Thanksgiving and Turkey or like Easter and eggs, or like the 4th of July and fireworks. In fact, the only dispute that we ever have about Christmas music is how early in the year it is permissible to start listening to Christmas music. My vote is for July 5th, by the way. (laughs) And yet we've been using the word disruptive a lot over the course of the past several weeks. Our Advent worship series is entitled Disruptive Christmas. And as I thought about it, I thought disruptive is exactly the right word to use to describe today's service. In fact, anytime you take an important message and you join it to music, it is disruptive. When you join a message to music, it sort of becomes like a special ops soldier of some invading army. You see, music has the ability to sort of sneak past the defenses of our minds that might otherwise question or doubt the message that we are hearing. Music has the ability to carry a message deep, deep into our hearts so that it endures and it lasts far longer than many other things that we forget and move on from. Music is sort of like that special ops soldier planting a flag and claiming territory as his own for whatever message that music happens to be joined to. Music is one of the most powerful ways that we have to influence and change the way that people think and the way that they act. In fact, there was a Scottish writer back in the 17th century named Andrew Fletcher who said, if you let me write the songs of a nation, I couldn't care less who gets to write its laws. And so yes, a message joined to music is absolutely unequivocally disruptive. Which means that really the only question that remains is, what message is that message going to be? And as we think about that question this morning, I want you to ask yourself, if you have ever been in the shoes of the people 
that Isaiah is describing in the verses that we are about to read. Have you ever been heartbroken and needed binding up? Have you ever gone absolutely all in on a dream, on a plan, on a relationship, only to lose big time? Have you ever felt imprisoned and in need of freedom? Have you ever been stuck in addicting sins? Have you ever been shackled and weighed down by shame and guilt? Have you ever been in need of vengeance? Have you ever needed to know that that person who wronged you and seemed to get away with it is one day going to answer for the thing that they did? Have you ever been mourning and in need of comfort? Have you ever felt repulsive to everyone around you and needed someone to look at you with awe and wonder? Have you ever been in despair and needed a reason for hope that caused you to just burst forth in praise? If any of that has ever been true of you, then perhaps the message that most needs to be joined to music is the message you're going to hear today. The message that Isaiah describes in these verses and that the angels who appeared in the sky over Bethlehem described to the shepherds as good news. Good news of great joy. A Savior is born. He is Christ. He is the Lord. That is the message that the very best kind of Christmas music, including the music that you're going to hear today, is joined to. In fact, that's what actually kind of sets Christmas music apart. A lot of the music that gets produced in our world today is actually intentionally disposable. It is meant to catch on very quickly, and it's meant to wear out and get old very quickly. And there's a reason for that. It's because the music writers and singers and producers need to be able to sell their next album. But Christmas music is a little bit different. The Christmas songs that people love the most are not the latest and greatest hits from the year 2023. No, the music we love most at Christmas are those classic carols that we have known from our childhood. And so what that means is that the Christmas music we sing when we're five is also the Christmas music that we sing when we're 35. And it's the Christmas music that we sing when we're 85. And so for all that time, that special ops soldier is guarding and protecting that land that he has claimed in the midst of enemy territory. Or to put it the way Isaiah puts it, it's sort of like when a landowner plants a single acorn into the ground. And then that acorn sprouts. And he watches year after year, decade after decade, even generation after generation, as that little tiny acorn continues to disrupt the soil that it was placed in. And it becomes this large, massive, sturdy oak tree, a visible display in the sight of all, bringing honor to the person who thought to plant that acorn in the first place. That's what Christmas music does to you and to me for our God. It makes us that oak tree, a visible display of God's splendor in our world. In fact, I saw that very thing with my own eyes about a week and a half ago. 
Some members of Good News went to two of our local nursing homes to do some Christmas caroling. And when we did, I saw joy in a place where there is usually a lot of sadness. And I saw hope in a place where there's usually a lot of despair. I saw light in a place where there is usually a lot of darkness. In fact, I saw people who normally struggle to participate in even the most basic of conversations because of their declining health or their cognitive decline. I saw their faces suddenly light up and I saw them able to mouth and even sing the words of every single song that, they were, that we were singing because someone loved them enough to teach them those songs when they were young. I saw people who might normally think that their lives have very little significance, very little purpose, very little impact, carrying out the most significant and purposeful and impactful thing a person can possibly do. They were oak trees in wheelchairs. They were displays of the Lord's splendor for us to witness. And friends, that's exactly what we are doing. Whether the person in question is 5 or 35 or 85, when we teach, when we learn, when we practice, when we sing, when we hear the good news of great joy tied to music, we are being absolutely unequivocally disruptive. And let's never stop.